Welcome to the stripped down know nothing podcast focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, from babble to babble, from four seconds to these apples, where it's all been done, the podcast. You rhymed apple with babble. Apple babble. It's a slant rhyme. Apples to I'm gonna get apples to babbles. Pinned to the gosh darn wall for that slant rhyme. Yeah. People don't like slant rhymes. But you know what? I'm Saker. And I slant rhyme because I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world, Evan. I'm Evan, and I'm not almost certainly not representing for any gangsters <laughs> anywhere. True, I probably am not representing. I wonder what gangsters would say yeah, if they I heard would, I was repping. Uh, yeah, I would, I would shudder to think. <laughs> Like what they would... <laughs> the least gangster phrase in the universe. I shudder to think. Well, I have not claimed to represent it. <laughs> I do not claim to speak for anyone. That's true. Apart from myself. And, and my association, my, my, my mere association with you means I can no longer represent for the gangsters all across <laughs> the right. world. Um, but uh, yeah, hey, Evan, how are you? I'm good. I just drove for six, seven hours Ooh, straight, so I'm feeling real wired. That's exciting. Listen to this song all, the whole way. Did you really? No, Considering just it's for 10 the last, in the morning, like, that's for the last like, half hour. You left at 3 a.m. and just yep. got here now? Yep. My, I needed to do it while my son was asleep. Good. So I drove all through the early evening like a crazy person. While listening to the song, I drove all night the whole time? While listening to this song. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, I drove. forgot already. <laughs> Alternating between I drove all night and these apples the entire way there. Yeah, Wait, I, what you, song are we doing this week? It's not like these really, apples. It's not these apples. It's Jane. Jane. It's because I said these apples at the beginning. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I feel it get weird, like, hallucinations. Not hallucinations, but, like, thoughts going through your head when you're driving for so long. Okay. You're like, you're, like, you're just sitting in the car and you're like, I wonder what it would be like if I were doing this, but I didn't have any skin. <laughs> like if my skin just started peeling off and I'm just sitting here, just this quivering mass of muscle driving this car forever in hell. What the fuck? That's... Like I said, it's just insane. Just, okay, cool. Like, you know, your, I... mind, your mind sort of just starts cannibalizing itself. That reminds right? me of that, uh, the most, uh, uh, the Freakazoid episode. Did you ever watch Freakazoid as a kid? I think I, I missed it just by, a, I was a little too old for Freakazoid. So I like, all my God. younger friends were like, oh, you can do Freakazoid episode. And I'm like, I don't. You're never too I young for it. Freakazoid. I mean, I just, it just didn't hit me right. Like, okay. I saw a couple episodes of it, and I wasn't... I'm not saying it's bad. It just yeah. didn't... It, it wasn't... I wasn't the right age for it. My, my One of my favorite bits from it is there's a spooky camp story where they're like, what if all the air was wood? Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> like... <gasps> like, you're... What if everybody didn't have skin? <laughs> I do hallucinate when I'm driving, and it's late at night, and I'm tired, though. I will see, like giants by the side <laughs> of me. Yeah, it's horrifying. Are like human giants? Uh, Yeah, Aziz Ansari, Paul Shear, and uh, Rob Hubel. Oh, not the comedy I got you, little boy. <laughs> I'm such a little boy. I guess... I, I don't know if you all know this, but every time Saker gets me, I, sh I get a little smaller and younger. So that's actually why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> I want to eventually be of age with my son. We're going to meet... It's like a weird... What's that? Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button. I was going to say Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be irrelevant to you, but maybe, uh, how many anime fans do you think listen to the Bernicke Ladies podcast? Uh, okay, so we've got eight fans. Okay. <laughs> so my guess is... They're all our friends. Yeah, so, so, so I'm, probably I'm six trying out of the to... Eight. Yeah, six out of the eight anime fans. I was, I was uh, uh, looking at a website that was listing the characters from Cowboy Bebop. And it was said, it was said, Spike Spiegel, Faye Valentine, Jack Black. <laughs> the character's name is Jet Black. It just made me Jet delighted. Black? Jet Black. What a oh, dumb man. name is that? Do you think that? Jack Black would be any of the characters in the Kababibab Reboot? Kababibabibab. Kababibabibab. Uh, I think he'd play the dog, Ayn. Yes, absolutely. He's a hyper-intelligent uh, little yeah, corgi. I can definitely see that. I don't like dogs, but I love, I love made me a dog. Maybe want to have a corgi ever since I was a kid. Corgis are great, but they're super hairy. Uh, hey, okay, buddy. So am I. All Super right, great right. and very just, hairy. Just warning you. Like I, I'm allergic to dogs, so when I get, I love dogs, so I have to get dogs with the shorter hairs on them. And so, oh. so corgis just have a real thick coat. Do you want to talk? This for a is moment super interesting. <laughs> about your dog was named Splangy. Splangy. Where did Splangy come from? It came from an upright citizens brigade sketch did it really yeah. <laughs> i had no like idea comedy central's like season two or something <laughs> there's a guy going to like it's like buckwheat and alfalfa from the little rascals going to a doctor and they just kept calling him Shplang, like how you doing Splangy? <laughs> it's like first of all my name isn't Splangy, and i don't i don't you, you're is, 
You're, my tum tum feels sick. <laughs> Must have been all them purple armadillos feeding orange drink I ate. Like they were just like you know, it's just Matt Besser and Amy Poehler going yeah. insane. Oh man, I missed that show. I have the first season on DVD. Like, I have so, the second season on DVD. If we combined our powers, I also can... have the first season. Ah oh, shit, well fuck. Uh, Evan. So what? I have... <laughs> well fuck you too. <laughs> I had a revelation. Yeah. We're done with Gordon. Gordon is in the bag. And we're starting on Maybe You Should Drive. That wasn't my revelation. Okay, okay. But, number one, You're a huge me. landmark for us. Like, mm-hmm. that's crazy. We were, we are done with one out of, like, 11 albums. Yeah. So not really that huge of we're a landmark. Like 9% done with the discography. It's like where you're running a marathon and you pass, like, the first mile marker. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. like, oh, well, I'm in a race, aren't I? Yeah. But, uh, so I was thinking about Gordon. And I was thinking about the fact that Gordon is an alien, right? And yeah. I thought, wouldn't it be crazy? Or a famous canadian social ethical presbyterian oh, minister <laughs> yes or j king gordon but i thought the ballad of gordon was yes. very clear yes 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 uh, although geez the ballad of gordon was all about social justice which mm-hmm. is what j king gordon i made that argument during then why that. present it as an alien never mind it doesn't matter okay well, nothing precludes him from also having been an alien that's true wouldn't it be crazy if there were a famous alien named gordon evan gordon fishsticks guy do you know Alf's real name. Oh, Jesus. No, no. Alf's real name is Gordon Shumway in the canon of Alf. That, as soon as you said that, something clicked in my brain and I remembered that. Like, I don't know what Shumway, like, it's just like. Neither do I. <laughs> it's a traditional Melmachian name. That's right. Yeah, Gordon Shumway. Um, Does, did Alf ever actually eat any cats on, like, not, like, I know he's not, like, going to eat a cat live on, <laughs> on air, but, like, did cats ever disappear around Alf? Yes, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I do want the lost episode where they're, like, viciously, like, him tearing <laughs> apart and consuming like, a cat. Because he didn't have, he had, like, one tooth. <laughs> I think he did. And a rather yeah. soft mouth, if I remember. He's like a Muppet. So he'd, like, have to, like slowly crush the cat's bones yeah like, as you do i feel like a cat's gotta have like because he always talked about like eating him raw or yeah something. like he's just like i'm just gonna gobble that cat up i don't yeah. i saw like four episodes of elf maybe back yeah, in the day as but did I. like although he, i did have an elf plushie as a kid even though i never saw it i don't know my yeah. parents must have thought it was funny. It's kind of a thing like i feel like it only ran for like a half a season or yeah. something no I, it had a tail i think what if the whole album gordon is actually about elf is what i'm trying to say I'd Likely? Have to, I'll have to. Okay, so you're saying you want to just redo out all of our Gordon episodes? <laughs> do the Gordon episodes. I do, do want to go back and like redo our first couple Gordon episodes because the volume sucks. The volume sucks. Yeah, and we also, talked about this. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. So maybe we'll do those for like. We can take down our old episodes and put up new episodes and then have the old episodes available on our Patreon, which we keep uh, pitching, but no one will ever give us money for. So what's the point? Well, we had two people get us on Twitter with uh, Gimme Dem Bucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, if those two people each donate a dollar. That's two dollars. That's enough to, that's enough to, (laughs) it'll cost more of us. It'll cost more to have Patreon. Well, our our time, I mean, because we'll have to record Patreon episodes. Yeah. So not worth it. That'd be goo. That'd be goo. That'd be goo. Um... Couldn't you imagine, though, having to re-record those episodes and pretend like we're still enthusiastic, like, because something was wrong with the audio, and uh, we have to... We can just uh, type them all out and then read them. What a ridiculous thing to do. Yeah, that's so fucking stupid. Speaking of which, (laughs) it's time to introduce our guest. It's about time. Yeah, I mean... Today, we we have a true... I can't believe he's been sitting here this whole time so patiently. And we've just been... Actually, it's kind of of fun for me to just make him wait like this. (laughs) It is. We'll kind of tease it out a little more. Is he there? Is he there? Probably. Well, we have a true legend of podcasting today. He's the bailiff in the court of Judge John Hodgman. He hosts one of the most long-running and delightful comedy podcasts there is, Jordan Jesse Go, and he's the founder of the Maximum Fun Network. It's Jesse Thorne. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm doing great. How about you? We're doing wonderful. I mean, I'm confused as to why I'm here, but I'm doing well. (laughs) Well, yeah. I I mean, I got with you on Twitter. And uh, I asked you if you would be on our Bare Naked Ladies podcast, and you said, basically, I know nothing. Is is that okay? Keeping with the theme of our podcast. Right, right. But um, I, I think it's I think it is okay because I think viewing it through the eyes of an innocent will be perfect. It's going to be the key to deciphering this song. <laughs> I like the extent to which I don't know anything about the Bare Naked Ladies cannot be overstated. Like I. <laughs> I watched the, you know, song video for this on yeah. YouTube. Uh, that's how I listened to the show. And the <laughs> suggestions are things that are like 
like right now the suggestions are a third eye blind song right mm-hmm. and i don't know anything about third eye blind except for that like their first music video was like two blocks from where i grew up and so i've always thought like well yeah sure they're terrible but it's cool that they made that video two blocks from where i grew up <laughs> okay they, they may also not be terrible i genuinely don't know uh then semisonic the band semisonic and their hit song closing time uh one of the guys from Semisonic went to my church, and he wrote a great book called oh. So You Want to Be a Rock Star. Uh, I, cu- I couldn't name another Semisonic, so- Semisonic song, and I can't sing Closing Time. I uh, couldn't tell you what the melody or even the hook of that song was, but I can tell you that that one guy is a nice guy. Did you read the book? And then, uh, Oh, yeah. I totally read the book. He, yeah, he was, a, he was a guest on my show. The book is genuinely a really great book about what it's like to be in a regular rock band. Like, oh. Uh, successful but not extraordinarily successful rock band oh cool um and then two princes by spin doctors which definitely was one of my favorite songs when i was in seventh grade (laughs) absolutely that is that's the best song on that list by a wide margin that's on our party mix we occasionally dance naked to it (laughs) i mean two princes is a solid piece of business i i have even in retrospect having now with the benefit of uh 25 years of experience i now if two princes is on in the drugstore I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess I still kind of like Two Princes by Spin Doctors. Absolutely. If you're not scatting along with the scat part to that song, you are barely yeah. human. That's that's sort of my realization as I get older. I'm like listening to it, and the music is like creeping up on me like a greasy strangler. Uh, and it's just like the music that I enjoy when I was young. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, this is it now. Spin Doctors are one of the two bands that I was really into as an 11-year-old where I then bought their follow-up album as a 13-year-old, uh, and and I was the only person in the world to have purchased it. Um, so I have, I somewhere have both Spin Doctors albums, and then I also have uh, both Arrested Development albums. I have their second album, Zingala Maduni. So oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that, that first album was like a staple of my childhood. My dad used to love that album for some reason. We should explain that your dad was Baba OJ, the old guy who was in Arrested <laughs> Development. That's, that is correct, yeah. Well, so, so here's my question. Bare ladies, that's excusable. But like Semisonic and, and, and Third Eye Blind, so what, what were you listening to to have avoided like every, every popular radio hit of the 90s? Yeah, I mean, I only avoided. Are you guys? I mean, I'm. This may be a cruel assumption on the basis of the fact that this is a bare naked ladies podcast. But are you guys Canadian? <laughs> we we are not. We're from Ohio. Ohio. Oh wow. Okay. Well, anyway, um, uh, I grew up in a major urban center, and for that reason, I listened to urban radio. Um, so like when I was, uh, when I was 11 or 12 or however old I was in the mid 1990s, um, I listened to a lot of En Vogue and Tony, 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 Mm -hmm. a lot of Arrested Development and Diggable Planets. Um, and then by the time it was the mid 90s, I was into, uh, super highly credible, underground hip-hop and some slightly embarrassing but like i would have been listening to like hobo junction or uh saphir or hieroglyphics or the coup um stuff like that so i was never i've never in my life been a rock radio listener um and so i think for that reason there are probably seven bare naked lady songs that i am totally familiar with from hearing them in the drugstore but i could not name one bare naked lady song oh five of those seven are one week most certainly yeah (laughs) the the only exception is to to that uh rule is that i had uh as i said both spin doctors albums and the red hot chili peppers album blood sugar sex magic Mm -hmm. as well as a couple of nirvana albums and all of those were gifts from middle school friends because I went to uh, I went to a private middle school in the suburbs, um, so my white suburban friends <laughs> tried to convince me to be into rock music, and all all of those are perfectly lovely records that I enjoyed, but it just was never it was never my thing. Oh, I also had the Danzig album that had Mother on it. Jeez, <laughs> oh, gosh. That was because that was like a hit song when my dad got cable. I had never had cable before, so. I remember it from being being on MTV 
And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I got to buy this CD. And then I hated every other song on it besides. <laughs> and the other thing, it was called Mother 93, I think. And sure. you had to go to track 93 on the CD player to listen to it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. I, I can't I can't believe you missed Top 40 entirely, but you somehow hit Danzig and the hieroglyphics. That's a, that's eclectic taste, yeah. <laughs> I, I must say. That's pretty strange. Well, I looked this song up on Wikipedia, and uh, it was only a hit in Canada. So uh, Yeah, absolutely. But we are doing each of the Bernicke Lady songs chronologically. Ohio so we... is the Canada of the Midwest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Even the duds we have to hit eventually. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what songs I have ever liked that were also a hit in Canada. I guess maybe there was a Cardinal Official song that I liked at some point that was a hit in Canada. He's from Toronto. Okay. But besides that, yeah, there's not a ton of CanCon on my uh, on my listening uh, palette. Yeah, there's there's a lot of great like underground modern Canadian hip hop right now. It's it's mainly from uh, Toronto, but there's folks like uh, like Jesse Dangerously, uh, Decisive, uh, who else? Abdominal. Um, Oh, abominable? Abominable. Bob the Abominable. People really love that guy who hosted Q for a while. Uh, what? What's that guy called? <laughs> what? I don't... Q, the, the smash hit uh, Canadian uh, uh, interview show. Uh, not the original host who turned out to be a sex criminal, uh, but the guy that replaced him for a while. Uh, I think I'm, it was Richard Karn, right? I'm losing. I'm losing what his name is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't remember what his name is, but uh, he. I listened to some of his songs because James uh, white people really liked them, and they would tell me about them. And um, uh, and he was he was quite good. Yeah, I uh, I thought they were really nice, nice, nice. Uh, you know, uh, contemporary versions of uh, the. <laughs> underground hip-hop i listened to in 1995 shad shad that's his name shad right, right shad okay shad. i know shad yes right. yeah uh, i liked i liked those songs i thought it was good he seemed like a nice man when he hosted q too <laughs> what, what a nice man i think that's what you look for in a hip-hop artist <laughs> to to a surprising extent i was just having a conversation with uh open mike eagle who is my colleague here at maximum fun and also a uh, uh, celebrate, celebrated and critically acclaimed underground hip-hop artist himself. He's a genius. Um, and we we recently had an extensive discussion about the moral compromises one makes uh, when one is a serious hip-hop fan uh, that involved me admitting to him that like one of my favorite rappers of all time is this guy called Sugar Free, and I am concerned that Sugar Free may literally be an actual real-life pimp. <laughs> well, you uh... He's a great rapper. Yeah, you got to separate art from artist, I suppose, at some point. Like most hip hop is not as literal as as people outside of hip hop take it, but I am concerned that he is being literal. Right, right. Uh, you know, Open Mike Eagle. Um, I uh, I went and saw him live, and uh, I came up to him after the show, and I said, uh, "Hey, man, the music was great. I love your album." Uh, uh, but uh, you know, Spontaneous Nation, you are such a good guest on that show. <laughs> I was basically like the only the only podcast head there, so. But speaking yeah. of, uh, uh, yeah. where's my segue here? I guess music. Uh, let's talk about this week's song, which is Jane. Jane. <laughs> so uh, this is a sample. If you've never heard it, here's a sample of Jane. Jesse, so not exactly your genre. So what do you think, having heard this song for the very first time? I thought it was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's very diplomatic of you. I think probably the music that I enjoy the most personally that is closest to this. I mean, I, I do really like uh, the Beach Boys. Oh, and yeah. that is certainly, a, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of school to say that that is an influence on the Bare Naked Ladies. Yes, yep. a big influence. But also, uh, Randy Newman. I really love Randy Ooh, Newman. My boy. <laughs> um, and I think that as I was listening to this song, my, my initial impression was that it was a pretty song, but I was kind of looking at the lyric sheet and trying to pin down 
the perspective of the song's narrator mm-hmm. in my head as though it were a Randy Newman song because Newman often, you know, Newman is often essentially singing in character. Uh, typically, almost invariably, in fact. Right, yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, maybe this is this situation. I was trying to figure out to what was the authorial voice, what was the narrator's voice, sure. and, mm-hmm. you know, how reliable the narrator was. And depending on where you fall on that continuum, and I, I had a hard time parsing it. Yeah, so um, do we. You guys are more expert than I. Well, uh, I, mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I I felt like it could be... The kind of song that thematically aged poorly. Certainly, yes. <laughs> and maybe is anthemic for creepy friend zone guys and incels. Oh, yes. I wrote down incel in my notes in big letters and underlined <laughs> okay. it several times. Okay, this has been good. sort of a running theme for BNL in general. Uh, sort of these, at, at best, you could call them untrustworthy narrators. At worst, it's... Uh, uh, they're like shitty old boyfriends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is this is the first track off of album two. So uh, I, I was kind of hoping in some way we'd be able to, like, twist the, the narrative theme of, like, shitty relationship, shitty relationship. It's the dude's fault, and he's a, a piece of shit. So at least now we have... We have, like, a shitty dude who's lusting after this girl, but at the very least, there was no relationship? I don't, I don't, this one was hard to parse, though. Um, were they, do you think they were ever together at any point? I, I don't think they were. Like, he lives in the house with her, but it's, it seems to be a platonic relationship as far as she's concerned. I mean, they're, they're just cohabitating, basically. Yeah, I, that's, that's where I'm at. It actually reminds me of, you know, you mentioned that I'm on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Mm-hmm. And we had an episode where John had a ruling and this is, you know, I'm generally not really paying attention while we're recording that <laughs> podcast. So sorry if I misquote John. But like it, well, he essentially show. said that it, it's inappropriate Big to uh, hit on anyone who is not in a position uh, to respond negatively. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And. Yeah, and that, that's you're you're mostly talking about uh, uh, people who work in service jobs, um, whether it's you know somebody behind a counter at a coffee shop or uh, you know a, a waiter or waitress, uh, that kind of thing, and and that's because it is essentially mm-hmm. sexual harassment, right? There is yeah, sure. a power yeah, imbalance yeah, that you are mm-hmm. relying on. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be what the song is about. Yeah, you know, I don't suppose you watched the uh, watched the video as well. I didn't see the video. No. Okay. So yeah, it seems like she is some sort of like behind the counter service industry worker in the video, and she lives in the Cretaceous period, <laughs> and she might be an elf or a gorilla, and, and has a has webbed toes, uh, <laughs> and might actually be a giant metal plate with a hole in the middle. <laughs> we, we yes, we definitely have to talk about that video, which uh, definitely left me very confused. But but yeah, certainly Jesse, I think that you are you're on a correct track here. Um, I think he might interpret it as, oh, you know, she's nice to me. She must like me. Uh, but yeah, she's just like in a position where she kind of has to be nice to him. But but at the same time, it's to the point where he moves in with her and they're cohabitating uh, uh, during the songs. It wasn't long before I lived with her. I sang her songs. So I, I don't think there may have been a power balance initially a power imbalance initially but and i don't want to read too much into this she might have needed help with the rent or something but like i Mm -hmm. feel at least there's some level of like in there probably like friendship i mean the songs it's just basically friend zone the song essentially (laughs) i mean but i feel like some sort of connection on a platonic level and he wants to maybe wear her down and that's kind of shitty yes yeah 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 i you know i think maybe another easy kind of reading of this song as uh, maybe Jane is more of a classic, like, 80s manic pixie dream girl where, you know, she sings him songs while she dyes his hair. So maybe it's the narrator putting on some stereotype where, where he thinks that uh, that she can sort of solve all of his problems. Here's, here's from my reading of it. And this is a reading, again, that is, like, without the context of knowing anything about the band. Uh, or the guys <laughs> who wrote this song or the way that they approach songwriting or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sure, sure. Yeah. But... It feels like it is a song about, as you said, that classic early 1990s manic pixie dream girl, Mm -hmm. girl at the cafe character. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, shout out to Nathan Rabin, my, my buddy who invented that. He's a good dude. Uh, not, not the character, the name of it. <laughs> um, and it is suggesting, and again, like I don't know how close the character voice is to the authorial voice. It's a little hard to parse, uh, yeah. which is a problem in and of itself. That's but, a perennial problem for um, us. It, it feels like the narrator of the song is, or the singer is presenting himself as sensitive to a woman right. and her her needs and hurt as more than just another guy who's hitting on her, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. But in so doing reveals the fundamental misogyny, <laughs> which is he blames her for her not liking him. Yeah. yeah <laughs> romantically, that's... right? Like mm-hmm. it's like there like him being sensitive to her being hurt or broken in some way, mm-hmm. as we all are, it, it performatively that him perform that him performing his sensitivity to her pain. Right. Uh is actually just a way of being like well, you would like me if you weren't so broken. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's true. And and then we even see him like exacting some sort of um maybe it's not like punishment, but how the last verse parallels the first verse where in the first verse, you know, the girl works at the store Sweet Jane St. Clair, um and then the first verse is, you know, I was dazzled by her smile while I shop there. The girl works at the store Sweet Jane St. Clair. Was dazzled by her smile while I shop there. And in the last verse, it's still dazzled by her smile while I shoplift there. The girl works at the store, sweet Jane St. Clair. Was dazzled by her smile while I shop there. So maybe there's some sort of time shift at some point throughout the song or. Uh, or some fundamental shift in their relationship, which is interesting, uh, and maybe speaks to your point about maybe being. Owed There's also something. a little nice guyism in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think the part about Jane doesn't think a man could ever be faithful. Jane isn't giving me a chance to be shameful. Is right. like that's like pretty classic nice guy stuff which is just like just because other just because other dudes have burned you in the past doesn't mean i would i love you for real <laughs> right right and that's a theme that's run through the basically the entirety of their freshman album but believe it or not this song was a little actually more self-aware than the previous songs we've discussed like in gordon i mean especially the last line where she he actually gives her a little bit of perspective and he says you know everyone desires her and she's sick because everyone wants to just get with her yeah So actually for us to get insight into her personality a little bit, which basically the previous album didn't didn't really do, I felt. Like women were basically sort of described by either their physical characteristics or their relationship with the author, but not like on their own uh, yeah. ideas. Who or they their, were. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, what they did. Their, their own viewpoints. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that definitely is the part of the song that made me question what the perspective is. She, they sing, he sings Jane desired by the people at her school and work. Jane's tired because every man becomes a lovesick jerk. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, that is self-aware in a way, um, in a significant way, right? It, it reflects some self-awareness about this. Um, it also, though, feels like it, it it also is so it could be read as a kind of counterpoint to the rest like something that kind of gives the lie to the rest right mm-hmm. um but i think it also could be read as being of a piece with the rest in other words essentially blaming her pain for her not being in love with the narrator right like sure. whether it's yeah. because other guys are jerks 
and she's been hurt by that, it's still kind of like not accepting the possibility that some woman might not choose to desire you <laughs> simply because they might like actually like you as a friend and that sure. you don't get to have sex with every person you're attracted to yes yeah, yeah. and I, I i'm so happy to hear you come up with these like same ideas because we've been <laughs> saying like the same thing for an entire album now on gordon so to hear somebody jump in for just one track and be like oh i you know i see that the narrator is always kind of a shit uh that can that's kind of really interesting that uh that you've come up with the same idea i mean as i said i want to be clear there's a lot of songs that i really love that are like actually about deciding who to murder <laughs> so like I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be uh, fancier than anybody. No, but you know what? It's hard because every single song is the same by BNL so far. At least in in hip hop, you know, there there can be some some discrepancy or some difference between the songs, but in every song in Gordon there was kind of a narrative through line that just made you feel like Ugh. Well, I mean Stephen Page has a bell that he rings quite frequently yeah it's along these lines but he he comes out in a different way again i think he's showing a little more self-awareness because i mean he's older probably in his yeah. like early mid-20s by the time you wrote this song or sure. it might be from them from earlier but i mean if i wrote a song in my early 20s it'd probably be a dumb song too so yeah I, yeah I don't even feel like i was even a person until my mid-30s so you know <laughs> That's, you know and i i know this is a little bit of a, a left turn here but uh, if, if we can talk about the content of the song a little bit, that there's a lot of like weird religious iconography in this song. Like he talks about giving her like gold and frankincense and myrrh. Uh, and then there's uh, the line, no promises as vague as heaven. I'd bring her gold and frankincense and What like is the narrator religious or is Jane religious? Like I was I was really confused by the blatant religious discussion here. When the frankincense and when the frankincense and myrrh part came up, my first thought was that he just so in improv there's this thing called A to C, uh-huh. which is to say that when you get a suggestion you think of the first idea that it suggests right mm-hmm. and then you follow that to the uh, the first idea that that second idea suggests so like if i said dog you might say the, the first idea might be fur or bark mm-hmm. and if you say say it was bark and then my next thought is a redwood tree right mm-hmm. and that is a way of getting to a deeper and richer idea than uh, the one that is immediately suggested sure, in sure, your sure. mind. That makes sense. I f- when I heard that first line, my impression was that he just thought gifts. Uh baby Jesus, frankincense and <laughs> I'll put that in and I'll change it later. Right. Yeah, th- there does seem to be a lot of sort of uh first draft, last draft in this song. Uh, but, but, you know, then again, we, we have this gray line between, like, singer and narrator where, you know, was this Stephen Page's first draft of lyrics that he never changed? Or is the narrator just so blockheaded that he thinks gifts and... Uh, it just It literally just occurred to me, I'm like, I definitely have a friend in my life who is friends with the Bare Naked Ladies. I don't what? know who it is, but I once went to lunch with uh, John Roderick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who's Long a winters. fellow yep. podcaster in the Max Fun Network, mm-hmm. um, and in Seattle, uh-huh. and there was a guy there who was the guy from Harvey Danger. Oh, oh cool! Yeah, uh, popular rock band, and sure. and Roderick I think was in Harvey Danger for a little he while. Was, like, yeah, he was in mm-hmm. the the touring band of it or something. And um, I don't think anyone has ever been introduced to the Harvey Danger guy. <laughs> And had that person as the Harvey Danger guy, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then had that person be less impressed that they were meeting the <laughs> Harvey Danger guy. Like it meant literally nothing. I mean, he was a super nice guy. Like I, he seemed like a cool guy, but it literally meant nothing to me. Oh my gosh. Um, and I, so like the extent of my my cultural blindness to white people music in general is such. And the extent mm. of my very, very modest celebrity in the world of white Dorcases, right? Um, such as myself, <laughs> uh, is 
is that I, I'm almost certain. Like, I do a show with John Hodgman. I bet John Hodgman uh-huh. is friends with the bare naked ladies. Oh, we need to get him I bet, on. I don't know. My colleague Dave Shumka used to work at CBC Music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I bet. I bet he's had lunch with the bare naked ladies. <laughs> like, Undoubtedly. I just I just want the bare naked ladies to know that if they happen to hear this, I bet they're nice guys and we could probably be friends. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to hurt them. No, no. <laughs> it is our singular dream that that BNL will one day listen to this cast and be our friends too, but uh, I guess it's our our new mission to find everyone on the Max Fed network yeah. <laughs> to come on, share their personal BNL stories with us. Uh, that's my goal. I'm I'm emailing John Hodgman tonight. Uh, I just think you know that this one was rough. It's it's straightforward. There's no frills. There's no no tonal or genre shifts. It's just kind of a, a straightforward '90s track. You know, if 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 uh, if Blind Melon or Gin Blossoms were on this track, like it wouldn't be a surprise at all to They're me. Great bands. Can I can I ask you guys a bare naked ladies specifics question? Oh yeah, uh, sure. But- does he always sing in that funny funny uh, voice? Oh, <laughs> I I get <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's not how it- yeah, uh, yeah. I guess he does sing in that silly voice. I mean, that's something that like bare naked, that like uh, the gin blossoms wouldn't do. I mean, when everybody was just trying to, when everybody was just trying to sing in that weird Eddie Vedder voice, mm-hmm. you know, that went on Green well jelly. into the 21st century. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's. Uh, I think they were too nerdy for grunge. Too sort of nerdy for that whole era. Stephen Page. He does have a, a certain lilt he's to a, his he's voice. Got a theater lilt. Yes. Like I want to compare it to that. Uh, that like angry baby pop punk voice like that has like a little bit of the green day fake british accent in it uh-huh. right. yeah. wah, 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 that kind of thing i went to the <laughs> right but like it's just a li- it's just different enough but i feel like that is the thing that yeah uh-huh. the third eye blind yeah we're not doing that is the thing that w- is singing in that like they were singing in pretty white boy voices no yeah that's uh that is uh and while this is a lovely singer i just wasn't sure if that was a, a, affected for the purposes of this song or if it was a job no, that case. is that is 100 percent Stephen page yep. and if you haven't heard him before jesse you've heard him now yep. so no i mean it's he's a lovely singer it's a lovely song <laughs> and no. that sincerely <laughs> that's that is very sweet to hear now i know you need to head out of here fairly Fairly quickly, Jesse. So we're just going to jump to our next segment, which is rating this song. So uh, here we rate on a scale of fully clothed to bare naked, Jesse. The more clothes a song is wearing, the worse it is. Being completely nude is the highest honor that you can bestow upon a bare naked lady song. So that having been said, uh, we're going to start with you, Evan, and then go to Jesse so that you can kind of get a better feel for it. So uh Evan, what are your thoughts uh jane was one of my favorites i mean i think um maybe you should drive was the first bnl album i actually owned oh, jane cool. was my one of my favorite songs on the album and i didn't understand the subtext of it because i was just a kid but right. i'd listened to it my entire life essentially and i remember i was the director of a summer camp for special needs kids and adults mm-hmm. and i remember being rejected by a fellow counselor speaking of power imbalance and uh <laughs> There You're and just, both counselors. Just There's sort no of sitting, just sort of, I was the director. Oh, never mind. But, but I, uh, yeah, I, I was just sweeping the porch and listening to the song over and over, and it finally clicked. Like, I should ask her again. I should do it again. And then wait, wait, no, I don't want to be like the guy narrating this song. So this song gave me actually like <laughs> quite a boost on the way to being a better person scale. So I'm gonna rate this song as pretty naked. So it's me and swim trunks sweeping a walkway, listening <laughs> just, to just listening swim to this trunks, song. Nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm usually barefoot, so yeah, swim trunks and nothing else. I see a lot of my past self in the song, and it makes me real sad. You are a super creep, Evan. I You're... was. I mean, I we all were, right? Like I... we didn't know how to act as human beings, but like it turned out okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts on this song? I am. First of all, I want to say that I am. I had thought about the song as a sort of self-aware critique of an unreliable narrator okay. and you guys describing that these are the exact same themes of every single other one of their songs right. <laughs> made me a little worried about that decision. Yeah. Uh, but I will say I really liked, I think it's a lovely song. I particularly liked the relationship between the lead and background vocals. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really pretty. Pretty lady staple. Um, and yep. it had a nice effect and that was sort of what put me in mind of the Beach Boys, although it wasn't you know, a, a Beach Boys style harmony. Sure. Um, it was still like a lot of attention to that vocal arrangement and a, and a very lovely effect. Yeah. So 
I'm going to say my rating is no shirt, no shoes, no service. <laughs> that, that works for me. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I'm going to say, like, um, for me, this song is a a girl who's wearing, like, a heavy metal T-shirt, uh, and it's got the sleeves shorn off, and, and, and maybe she's created, like, a, a V-neck out of it. What, and, what band? Uh, it's uh, Slayer. Uh, it's, I knew no, you were going to go for Slayer. Danzig's Dan- mother. Danzig's <laughs> yes, mother. Mother 93. And she has on like a, a a short skirt that she's created from her own design, and maybe like a uh, like a sun hat, just like a random eclectic mix of clothes. With she's got pink hair under it, and uh, and and she makes she makes me feel like she can solve all of my problems. But she's wearing a lot of clothes. Yeah, well, I mean, it was straight too down the middle. It was too easy. It sets maybe as the first track. It sets a bad precedent uh, for the whole album. It says like you know this is going to be kind of a uh, a boring album. Unless the, the song's actually about Jane Goodall and her relationship uh, with. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Evan, we can get into this when Jesse leaves. Uh, but for the most part, yes, I I enjoyed the song. So it's it's the shortest skirt, no sleeves on the shirt. It's good enough for me. That's it's pretty good. It's a fairly positive assessment overall, right? Okay, cool. So Jesse, hey, thank you so much for being on our stupid podcast. We really appreciate it. Oh, uh, no problem. I tricked plenty of people into coming onto my radio show in the early days who gained nothing from it. So I feel I owe a karmic debt to the universe. I promise you'll get nothing from um, this. Can I <laughs> Can I drop a couple quick plugs oh, for, of course. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Bo- for both of the guys from Bare please, Naked Ladies please. who were listening to this? <laughs> right, yes. I am uh, the executive producer of a brand new show on the Max Fun Network called Bubble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an eight-episode sci-fi comedy scripted miniseries. Oh, cool. Uh, That's cool. Uh, starring uh, Mike Mitchell from Love. Oh, hell yes. And yeah. uh, Chris, Christella Alonso oh. from uh, the ABC show Christella. She's also a great stand-up. Uh-huh. Eliza Skinner, mm-hmm. who's head writer of Drop the Mic on sure. TBS. Yeah. And Keith Powell from 30 Rock. Uh-huh. And um, Allison Becker from Parks and Recreation. Oh, cool. And all kinds of other cool people. Judy Greer is on it. Lisa Loeb is on it. Wow. If you want to talk about soft rock from the early 90s. <laughs> and I do. Um, yes, do. she was wearing a dress with cats on it. And yes, uh, she's as beautiful as ever. Um, uh, it's called Bubble, and you can subscribe to it right now. It's only eight episodes, and I think people would really love it. And I also cool. want to put, I, I also want to plug. So you want to be a rock and roll star? How I machine gunned a room full of record executives <laughs> and other true tales from a drummer's life by Jacob Schlichter of oh, Semisonic. Wonderful. Uh, you can you can buy it for eighty five cents oh, on oh. Amazon is right that, now. Is it real? Uh, yes, uh, and. It is uh, sincerely, I mean, you have to buy it used on Amazon. Right. Oh, okay. okay, okay. Uh, And sincerely, it's a really great book about what it's like to be uh, in a band that is uh, one step below uh, the Bare Naked Ladies on the (laughs) mid-90s. Uh, soft rock yeah. slash alternative uh, pecking order. That's awesome. Hey, and if, if you don't already listen to all the delightful shows on the uh, on the Max Fun Network, you definitely should. Oh, I simply do. I mean, I got Ono, oh Ross, and Carrie. I got I got my Greatest Generation. I got to get my Judge John Hodgman and Jordan Jesse Go. Of course, like I'm a supporting member. Like so, hey. I, give, I give money. Look at see. Fucking, uh, so I so, pay for my art. So Jesse, you owed us, <laughs> Jesse. Thank you for showing up. We really appreciate it. Sure. And just so you know, So You Want to Be a Rock Star is eight inches in height uh, <laughs> or for our Canadian friends, 20 centimeters. This this is the information people show up to the pod for. Very, very useful info. <laughs> hey, uh, thank you very much, Jesse. We uh, really appreciate it. It's a delight to have the pod father himself on. Yeah. See you later. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, okay. So, Evan. <laughs> Yep. Jesse gone. Now it's just me and you. Back just to me basics. And you in this closet. Together. Yes. <laughs> we are face. We, we, we are jowl to jowl. Jowl to jowl. We are speaking into the same microphone. This is a bad idea. No. Jesse's out there just waiting. <laughs> I don't want him to know we're out there. Uh, or we're in here. Shit. I fucked up. I get. I get nervous in front of the pod father. <sighs> um. I want to real quick. We already rated the song, so it's kind of <clears throat> useless. But did you want to talk about the video real quick? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. That was interesting. Like. There's these early music videos yeah. where they don't quite know what a music video should be yet. <laughs> yes. Like like the ni- early 90s where they're just kind of putting them together like it's past it's an art piece. Yeah, past the era of like let's just film the band playing mm-hmm. the song, but not quite to the era of like we have a narrative story that makes sense and is cohesive. Right. Well, I mean it had it kind of tried to do that. Did it? What tried. do you think the story of this was? Well, he's like he was like in a jungle like hunting her, which is really fucking creepy really? in and of <laughs> <Yeah>. itself. <laughs> 
Like, I mean, he, he finds her little store and then he's just sort of stalking her. And there's it's like a lot of like gorilla analogs. Like they're picking each yeah. other. Like she he picks her birthmark off. Is like, this where your Jane Goodall comparison comes in just out of curiosity? Well, I mean, that'd be Diane Fossey because she did gorillas in the mist. But Jane Goodall's chimpanzees, buddy. It's the same damn thing. Nope. A gorilla is a chimpanzee. Nope, they're both apes. Is an orangutan is a... An ape is an ape, no matter how grape. <laughs> That's what my mom always used to tell me when I was little. <laughs> when she used to staple your face to the floor. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. You told me that in confidence. Uh, Yeah, I, I do like... It was very... It was a primal video. It made me feel like a man watching this video. It made me want to joyously also catch a fish with my hand and present it to my woman. Really? Because it was like cut in with like scenes of them like at the pool. Yeah, it was very weird. And there, was, there was that one scene where Ed comes up out of the water and he's wearing glasses and I'm like... As a man who wears glasses, I'm like, you would never, ever, ever wear your glasses into the pool. I wore my glass. I wear my glasses into the pool. I wear my glasses into the ocean. You're a dum-dum. I did it once and I lost my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to, like, is there something you, like, need to read underwater or in the pool? Like, I just want to see the fish. I suppose if I had worse eyesight, like, but, I mean, I can still see okay oh, with I'm, my glasses. I'm blind. Okay. Which made it even worse because I was in California. Did you get, like, prescription goggles? I wonder. That's a great idea. There's your million dollar idea. If you they have, have, they have those. I'm, I'm 90 percent sure they already oh, have prescription goggles. <laughs> I got a cool little MP3 player that is like underwater MP3 player, so I can when I take my son to the pool, I can listen to MP3s and stuff. I got a cool. My wife bought me for my birthday <gasps> a shower speaker. Happy birthday! Thank you. It's coming right. Actually, a week after this episode is released. By the time oh. the next episode is released, anyway. Uh, how about speaking of water, though? Jane has webbed toes yeah, for and she's some like reason. Yeah, in beekeeping gear when yeah. she like attacks him like a monster. So what? Yeah. It, and then there's like a stream of urine shooting <laughs> out. <laughs> I wish these episodes with videos, like what a good boy. I feel like it would be so enriched if this were a video podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot going on in this video that is just absolutely incomprehensible. I don't know what's happening. I don't know uh -huh. why it's happening. And there's like that kid jumping in the air and there's like, it was like a 2001 reference where they're, they're, they had that big metal yeah. plate and yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. hole in the middle and there's like... The monolith. Yeah, the monolith. Yeah. I mean, but it's not the monolith. It's just like their version of it. Yeah, there's, there's like the an, Canadian version of the monolith. Like an ape walking towards it at the end to touch it. But like at the beginning, there's like a, a the kid, the character, like the, the boy character is like jumping up in the air yeah. to try and see through the hole. Yeah. And I'm not sure what that was representing yeah it reminded me a lot of there's a place in florida called i think i want to say like coral castle Coral Castle, yeah you know what i'm talking oh, about oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah i love coral i mean i've never been there but like i love the idea of it for the listener uh this dude like uh, he, uh lithuanian no he's a latvian i think uh i think he's dead now yeah he's, uh, he's dead yeah but he, uh, he he created, like, out of these huge blocks of, of stone and, and coral and all sorts of stuff, like, these I enormous sculptures. And there's one that just looks like that monolith with just a hole right yeah. through it, I think. Um, and he would charge people, like, 25 cents admittance. Yeah, and yeah he just lived in it and lived around it. But he, the, the thing was that he created it with no, by himself yeah. with no modern equipment. Yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. Don't, they don't know how he did it. Yeah, and people would always ask him, like, well, what's this all about? And he would He's say, like, like mm. I know how the pyramids were made, yeah. is how he would, what <laughs> yeah, he would say. Yeah, I know how the pyramids were built, yeah. Which is insane so this there's some sort slave of slave labor uh, so, so i guess he slaves. used like well you can't you don't really hire I, slaves. it's not really what I, mean, I don't want to educate i mean i want to educate Jesus. a teacher on a teacher on slavery shut but up shut up I know it's a very like. sad time in <laughs> the history of humanity that's still going on to this day in a number wow. of places way to bring down the podcast yeah, I'm kevin so hearn <laughs> that's my only reference for sadness rwanda there's sad stuff going on there right now yeah there is yeah, I know. Oh, it's not a joke. Why are you? Why are you making? Why are you fucking flinging jokes at me? So how about let me move it along? Here's a question. Here's uh -huh. the thing. I looked up. Uh, you know, Jane St. Clair. St. Clair is the patron saint of television. Is wait, what? How is there a patron saint of television? I she thought all was, the saints were canonized back in the day. No, you can. You, all you need to do is wait. Like I think it's like ten or twenty years after you die, you can become really? canonized. Yeah, yeah. Because there were there was that movement to canonize Mother Teresa a lot quicker. And they were like, no, we're not going to do that. We're the Catholic Church. So Why there's the a chance that I could still become a saint. Yeah, you'd have to play work pretty hard at this point. But <laughs> you got to have miracles like ascribed to you. That's the thing. Uh, so, but bummer. her, one of the, but she was like. Did she have television related She miracles? was from like the 16th or 15th century. Oh, great. Okay. And 
and so, uh, yeah. so she had like she's like the patron saint of like weavers and gilders and embroiderers and laundry and stuff but then they ascribed they gave her television in like the 1960s pope uh what the fuck i don't know who was the pope in the 1960s that's, that's so, why but yeah but because one of her miracles was she could attend mass from her sickbed <laughs> and she claimed that she saw it on the wall of her room right oh my god that's so that great. she had like a, a magical television oh. so they're like yep you're the patron saint of television yeah, saint yeah. claire do you, so. do you know where the song's title comes from? Or the name uh, Jane yeah, St. Clair? It's a, it's a street, isn't it? Like a corner of two streets? Yeah, it's an intersection in Canada, yeah. Jane St. Clair. The, uh, on, the only intersection in Canada. Yeah, the one. Yes. I, I thought three three quick thoughts I had mm -hmm. about this video. Number one, there's a part where Andy is is uh, strumming on the dulcimer. Yeah. And he looks like he is so ready to leave the band. <laughs> like, he looks bored and frustrated uh -huh. and just like, please let me leave. And I have watched uh, Tyler's receding hairline with consternation <laughs> like from the beginning of the yes. first video in gordon like i'm just seeing it like every video it's yeah. a little bit farther back i think by the late 90s by stunt two more albums yeah. from now will be good on tyler's hairline yeah, we'll have to worry about his hair anymore yeah. r.i.p uh steven page in this video uh -huh. looks like he's cosplaying steve jobs but he's only <laughs> ever heard secondhand accounts of steve jobs <laughs> so it's like oh yeah I, I heard what this guy sounds like it's a weird weird like sort of business casual uh -huh. button up uh you know turtleneck uh, also this video made me realize that um ed is the only b-nake who fucks i think right i mean all these other ones look like virgins but ed boy oh yeah they i mean they, they all definitely look at this point Yes. They look like it. But oh, yeah, at this point, Ed yeah, is the only yeah, one yeah. fucking, right? Uh, maybe. You think? I feel like Steve is the kind of guy, like the art guy. He's who got kinda charisma. Hang, who, like, hangs around. He's already, he always has a couple, like, I don't want to call him hangers on, but he always has, like, a kind of posse that runs with him. Sure. He seems like that. Like, he'd be, like, the center of some co coven. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, a cult of personality, Yeah, maybe. sort of thing. And especially if he's a, if he's a singer-songwriter sort of thing. Yeah, like yeah. That, that always sells pretty big in high school, from what I remember. Can you be a chubby, uh, funny guy who is in a band singing comedy music and still get girls, though? That's not... But he doesn't sing just comedy music. Like, he sings real heartfelt songs That's that would true. probably resonate pretty strongly with teenagers. Okay, maybe Steve is fucking. You've convinced me. <laughs> Fine. But. And, uh, like, um, he makes, like... At the end, like the last thing he does, that last scene in the video, he makes like a timeout sign. <laughs> and I have no idea, like with his hands, like it's like, all right, cut. Like, yeah. I have no idea. So I feel like they got just one of their friends to direct this video, like yeah. somebody from art school or something. And they're like, oh, I just watched this Michel Gaudry video and I need to. They're from Quebec, this person. Obviously. Oh, okay. You made him sound like Werner Herzog. So, but... Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I watched the Michel watched the, video. The Michel Godot video waiting for Godot and I put it on here 2001. It is a travesty. There's only one good part, the monolith. It should have been about that the whole time. Perhaps one day they will replace us, the monoliths. <laughs> the apes will come back. Have you seen the planet of them? They wrecked the statue with the torch. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> the statue of the torch. That's he what he doesn't know it. what it's called. He's German. Evan, anything else to say about this video or this song in general? No. Bye. I don't think so. I said bye. I don't think so. It's about an elf in a Cretaceous forest. Okay, we're moving on to the next segment. <laughs> okay, now's the time in the show when we spin our big wheel and get a alternate segment for the show. You know what's funny? So Gum. <laughs> Good callback, bro. Okay, so the segment for this week is called unfinished so what would make this song better give me one thing that would make jane better as a whole uh just talking about uh you know taking all the the pieces and parts of jane what would improve it um i don't know what what do you, any thoughts straight off the bat uh if the narrative kept going and he becomes a good better person <laughs> <laughs> and like like realizes how to talk to women and to uh you know get into a healthy adult relationship yeah and learns how to take no for an answer yeah but okay. i mean he's, he's feeling like he's 14 again so that's fine he can he can make mistakes but i'd prefer if he didn't keep doing them yes i i agree again stephen page we're seeing it again and again he mm -hmm. just has these bad patterns. But we talked about all that. So what would make this song better that isn't obvious? Okay. Um, I think if Jane were more fleshed out as a character, 
I think that right now she feels like, as I mentioned in the episode, she already, feels like yeah, we already talked a about Manic Pixie this. Dream Girl. Yeah, well, so so that's what I'm saying is that like I feel like we need to like give her some depth. Uh, if she had depth, I think it would be better. But like I don't know, instrumentally, I think that this song could be uh, less '90s. <laughs> this song feels so <laughs> this song could, '90s. This song could anticipate future styles. <laughs> yes, I think you should throw some dubstep bass drops in yep. there. I think it would sound good with some auto tune. That's right. It needs to be new, new retro. Yes. You know, oh, if you new new future. So it retro. needs to be more '80s, is what you're saying. Ooh, man. Yeah, it could use some tape hiss. <laughs> I could hear the VHS sounds that. Uh, no, I don't Replace know. that piano with a like a synthesizer, like a shitty synthesizer. Yes. Are we just trying to make the song more interesting or better? <laughs> what's the what's the What would make the song better? Uh, this is hard. What would make the song better is if I got a freshly baked yeah. loaf of bread. <laughs> Like smothered in butter. A dozen cookies. A dozen cookies. Fresh baked cookies. I open up the CD and a coupon for Pizza Hut comes out. One free large. (laughs) One free large stuffed crust. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's hard because I feel like whatever we thought of this song, it was complete. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if subtracting or adding anything to it... it it would make it wildly different. I think you should. they should include uh, Jane's address and home phone number. That would be truly <laughs> great, yes. Uh, that would be much appreciated. So yeah, uh, doxing. That's what would make this song <laughs> Absolutely. <better. laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, so now at this point, uh, we are going to do a little bit of something we like to call Bare Naked Males, where we answer some mail from Oh our... God, we love calling it that. <laughs> Our friends and our fans. Uh, so, oh, what a great name. <laughs> if you I love some, this name. If you have Fair some mail. Naked, get it, everyone. Do you, get, do you all get it at home? It's a joke and it's a funny joke. Do you all get it in your cars and in your headphones? You're the one who kept bothering me to say bare naked males. Because yeah. I always forgot to say it. We like to call it that. We like it every time. Here's a bare naked mail. If you have bare naked mail, you can send it to It's All Been Done Podcast. It's All Been Done Podcast. We would like you to send it there. We would, because we like the name of this segment. We oh, want to keep it going. Yeah, if we don't get the mails, we don't. We can't do the ales. We can't. Oh, you were asking me. Yeah, when I'm <laughs> I on my head like that, you I just kind of like looking at you and watching you drown in a large ocean. <laughs> hey, leave the metaphor to me. Oh, sorry, that's true. You're the writer. I'm just the I'm schlub. The rapston. I'm the co-host. You're, you're the, rap- the star. You're the rapper. I am the rapper. You got a rhyme. Uh, I don't have the time. That's yeah. like the ninth time I've used that rhyme. <laughs> Hey, uh, this question comes to us from Allison, my wonderful partner. Holy, holy mothers, <laughs> holy, holy mothers. Mother, holy Mother Mary. Uh, Allison wants to know if we had to map each of the ladies onto a Greek god, hmm. which bare naked lady would be which Greek god? I really liked this question a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, so my first immediate thought came to me. Okay. Tyler Stewart, the drummer. Yes. Hephaestus, right? Hammering away. He's hammering away. He's got his thing. Plus, Tyler Stewart's got a big old beard. Yeah, he's he's kind of like not the prettiest lady. He had the dreadlocks back in the day. He's yeah. got he's kind of squat. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like he's. I mean, not to make any value judgments on on beauty, but I would say he's a Hephaestus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That sounds fair. What else do we have? I would go with probably Apollo mm-hmm. for. Jim Cregan. Okay, why is that? Because Apollo is just sort of the god of everything that the other pantheons don't cover. Okay. And Jim Cregan is sort of a multi-instrumentalist. No, let's go with Andy Cregan as Apollo because he just picks up all these extra instrumentations that, you know, wherever another of the ladies fall not fall short but their, whatever their portfolio does not touch sure there you will find oh sure sure he's the Jim god Cregan. of fill in miscellaneous yeah, Andy here. Cregan yeah. yeah 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 okay I like that uh, okay let's go back and forth so we have six ladies so we handle two yes uh, I'm gonna do Stephen Page okay uh, I think Stephen Page is um, I think he's a oh who's the uh, uh, what's Bacchanalia named after is that Bacchus. Bacchus or Dionysus. Yeah, I think he's Bacchus. I think he's the god of wine and he's passionate and because he was the god of wine and sex, right? I think Bacchus is the Roman version. So oh, okay. You're talking so about Dionysus. Dionysus. I think, yeah, I yeah. think uh, again, my I'm not an ancient historian. Right, right, right. That's okay. My only ancient historian friend died a couple months ago, so. 
I'm very sorry for you. What a strange. Yeah, he I'm was sorry. my he was my go-to for like Roman pronunciations and oh, man. Uh, classical stuff. I'm so, so sorry. I am bereft. I I I I I hate to. Do you want to dip out of this question? No, no, this is fine. Okay, uh, so I, Dion- I'm just on my own for once. Dionysus for for Stephen Page. He's passionate. He's. Uh, I mean, I think we've got that one to one with wine to cocaine. Um, right. I think that's pretty easy. I would say. Um, what else? Uh, your turn. Who's the guy who's the one? Oh, uh, fuck it. <laughs> what are you even saying? Hermes. No, none of them are, none of them are Hermes. Really? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, let's, let's say, um, Ed Hearn. Kevin Hearn? Kevin Hearn. Uh-huh. I got their names conflated. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to do Kevin, him next, but I'm curious to hear Kevin what you're going to say. I feel like Hades. I was going to say Hades. That's amazing. Yes, Kevin Hearn is 100% Hades. Gothic, but Hades wasn't necessarily a bad guy. No, no matter what the uh, fucking Disney Hercules, Hercules would have you believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, Kevin I mean, he is... wasn't. He was bad. They were all, all the gods were terrible yes. people. Terrible people. Kevin's a, a sad baby bird. And he's like, I think Hades is kind of a depressing sort of, like, he's got his happiness, he's got his Persephone, but yeah, there's just, there's something missing. I think Hades, you know, the underworld, he can't live above ground. I think Kevin Hurt is a perfect Hades, you got it. Your turn. Um, I'm going to say, so who do we have left? We have... Ed. Ed and Andy. Andy. Is that it? Yep. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to say that, I'm going to leave you with Andy. I'm going to say that Ed is... Zeus? No, that's bad. Uh, I'm going to say that Ed is... Ed is Hera. I think Ed is Hera. Ed is... uh, He he brings the band together. He's the family-friendly one. Hera was the goddess of families. So uh, Ed is like... Do you think Ed has like a vindictive streak? No, but I think that uh, he certainly... uh, Although I wouldn't really call Hera vindictive. Her husband is literally raping It's righteous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Absolutely. She's the the wronged party in a lot of these. I think that Ed is... She does take it out on the women, which is usually bad. Which is yeah, a, and the shitty. children, which is a shitty thing to do. Yeah, like, she should just fuck Zeus up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, they should all just kill each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they should be fucking each They're other up terrible. all the time, battle yeah. royale style. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think Hera. I think Hera is good for Ed. All right. You get Andy, the the one who was around for two albums and then left. Uh, let's do. Uh, I guess. Hey, this is gonna this is gonna freak you out because it freaked me out. I sent Andy Cregan a f- Facebook friend request. <laughs> Do you think he'll be my friend? Maybe. Okay, because he's there. He exists on the Facebook. So, I'm oh, sorry. So, who do you think he is? Probably Poseidon. Let's just say Poseidon. Okay, That's just fair. because. That's fair. I mean, you gotta have a Poseidon, right? If All right. Going, if, you're, if you're hitting the big Greek gods, right? Like the, the most popular Greek gods. Yes. You gotta throw Poseidon into the mix, right? He's not. He's never a major player, right? He's yes. Zeus's brother. Yes. Right, he's a well. Wait, is Apollo his brother too? They're all related. So Andy and Jim are related. Good, we got it. We're there. Okay, good. Well, I think Apollo. Like, it's they're just like a, well, I think Poseidon is like Apollo's like uncle or something. Okay. But they're they they breed in really weird ways. Okay. The gods do like they spring out of like springs or there someone ejaculates on someone's thigh <laughs> yeah. and then like Hephaestus falls out <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone uh, takes a big old dump and there's. There's Hermes. Sure. Crawling around in there. And Neptune took a big old dump. And Daddy, Neptune the is the ladies Roman. Were born. The Roman. Fuck, Poseidon. I'm sorry. Why am I doing that? Well, uh, the question was Greek gods, so yes. it's fair. I mean, but Poseidon, I think, because he's, he's always, I mean, he's the god of the sea, and in theory, he should be more powerful than all of them, because the sea covers most of Earth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just no people live there. Yeah. So there's nobody to worship him. Ooh, so he's, it's empty. It's a large emptiness. Mm-hmm. What sailors worship him? You worship him when you're go. he's like a god of roads or something. Yeah, yeah. you worship him when you're on the road, but okay. you don't really give a shit about roads when you're not using them. Sure. You know, like libertarians. Sure. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Uh, so now is the time in the show when we like to... Read an yeah, iTunes review. Hooray! Evan's favorite part. Here's an iTunes review from a man named Cyberlink420. <laughs> and he says, It's all been done. Dot, dot, dot. I can't read the rest of the title. Five star review. A delightful little podcast for fans of Canada's most prized national treasure. It's all been done. Breaks down the Barenaked Ladies discography track by track in a way that is both insightful and hilarious to listen to. Whether you're a lifetime fan of the band or assume Cregan is a Doctor Who alien, you're bound to gain a new found appreciation for BNL and the many songs they've produced over the years. Just make sure you bring garlic and a wooden steak with you to their next concert, just in case. 
Also, hi, Saker. Sorry I ruined Knuckles the Echidna for you forever. So, okay. Yeah, you thought it was somebody who was just stumbled upon our podcast, but no, we know this guy. Yeah, yeah. All of the good five-star podcasts are from our friends, who we like very much. Hello, well, friends. We want strangers. I don't care. Did you know Echidnas have four penises? Nope. Never be able to get that do out they, of your head now. Do they use them, like, Simultaneously. In, in tandem? <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know how they use them. In, in the pictures that well, Cyberlink420 was showing me. something out like that without a little bit of knowledge behind well, you. Here's, here's the knowledge that I have. In the Sonic fandom, mm-hmm. Knuckles the Echidna certainly uses them in tandem. That's truly the extent of the knowledge that I have about Echidna mating and reproductive rituals. Wonderful. Well, <laughs> that's all we got for this week. <laughs> we'll you. leave it off on that wonderful yeah, way, to, way to end it with a bang, buddy. <laughs> and Indeed, literally. Uh, Evan, a quadro uh, bang. A quadro. Is that ooh, his power? The quadro bang. Wait. Yeah, he could glide through the air, and he had the old quadro bang. That's what he called. You know, every superhero has like a vehicle. Knuckles is called the quadro, <laughs> the quadro bang. bang. <laughs> it's a great name for a vehicle. That's what my new car's name is, actually. Damn, that's good. Evan, I'm gonna scratch it into the back of your car please with my keys key my car. as I am leaving today. Um, and you'll never know who did it. <laughs> I won't have any key, clue. Q quadro. <laughs> Do you have anything to plug? I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one week.